0: from a small town in the Bible Belt, you're listening to the Environmental Christian Podcast. No, that is not an oxymoron. It's a podcast for environmentalists and Christians and Christian environmentalists and environmental Christians. Just keep listening. It's a podcast for you. Happy Easter, all. Ryan's going to share God's intentional will and the resurrection of Christ. You know God's intentional will is defined by the fact that, that that God's intent is that not any of his creation should be lost. that God's intent is that, that not any of his creation should be destroyed. That's what God's intent is and we know that through Jesus by sending him to earth that God's intent uh, is that Jesus would be followed and that in following Jesus we would see the true nature and character of God in Jesus for Jesus is fully. God. And in seeing Jesus, we would kind of correct any misconceptions we had about who God is. Through Jesus, we would learn the teachings of God. And as we applied them to our lives, we would be changed. We would be transformed. And Jesus would disciple us into his followers. And then he would lead us to a path that would lead us all to life and life, abundant and life eternal, a life with God so that none would perish. That's What God's intent was in sending Jesus. However, we know. That in the midst of this, there were circumstances that were dealt by human free will and by especially those who were in authority, who were challenged by Jesus, who felt threatened by Jesus, who didn't want to give up their power, who didn't want to give up their authority, who didn't want to give up their status, who didn't want to give up their wealth. And so, in being threatened by Jesus, they listened to the will of evil, they listened to Satan, and they made the decision that they needed to execute Jesus, they needed to kill Jesus and stop this movement so that they could preserve their life, their power, their influence, their status. They acted selfishly in the midst of that. And so because of the circumstances that, that evil and the human free will that it, that it gave us, that it put God in the midst of a, of a circumstance that he had to address because what we talked about last week is that God placed it where human free will goes above his will. And so in the midst of that, that, that there was the choice to choose God or to choose evil. And, and, and these men chose evil. Now, I will say in this moment that, that each of us have been in that exact same situation, maybe not at the same level, with the same gravity. But we've all had that choice and throughout our life we have each made the choice to follow God. And we've each made the choice at times to succumb to evil. And so we can find ourselves there in the same spot as those men. But in the midst of those circumstances, we see God's circumstantial will be carried out. And through that, we know Jesus was faced with a decision based on the circumstances that he was given. And it was to either run and hide and live to teach another day or to continue on and die. And in the midst of those circumstances, Jesus knew that God's will was best carried out through him submitting and allowing himself to be arrested, put on trial, and put to death. And so he did that. Now I want to pause here as we're talking about God's circumstantial will and just make sure that we're clear on what's happening here because I think we all in our lives feel like at times circumstances deal us such a blow that it causes us to settle for a lesser ideal in our life. For instance, we all know people who have been given an amazing gift of athleticism. They just have a have an athletic ability that's that's far above uh, anybody else around them. And if they have a work ethic and they have a, a desire and that they, they really put in the time and effort to make themselves good, and you just feel like that person's going to make it pro one day. But then circumstances happen. They they become injured. They 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 are in a car accident or, or something happens to them or poor choices cause them to get off track. And in those circumstances, all of a sudden they have to revise their ideal, revise their plan, and settle for a lesser reality than playing professional sports. Take for instance, also many of us when we were growing up, we had an ideal of what we wanted to be when, when we grew up. We wanted had an ideal of what we wanted to do with our lives, and, and we we go to take that next step to live into that future. And, and, and oftentimes, for many of us, that's college or or some kind of uh, post high school education. And, and as, we're, as we're doing that, though, all of a sudden we have all of these choices that we can make. We can choose to go to class or not. We can choose to study or not. We can choose to to get to bed at a decent hour. We can choose to, to stay out all night partying. We can, can choose to do things that are destructive to us. We can make all of these choices. And, and in the midst of that, they have an impact on us. And before you know it, our grades and our manuscripts and and, and your transcripts and all those things reflect the understanding that that, that we're going to have to settle because of the circumstances and lower our ideals as to what our reality and future will look like. But I want to say clearly that's not the case here with God's will. The appearance in the midst of this that that God had to settle his expectations is just simply not true. Not true. The appearance that evil had won in the aftermath of Jesus's arrest and crucifixion was simply put a misunderstanding by anyone who witnessed it. Because here's the thing, as Jesus agonized over what was going on, as Jesus agonized over how to live out God's will, as Jesus agonized in the garden and said, ultimately said, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus wasn't simply succumbing to the fact of what he had to do. He wasn't just kind of resolving himself to the reality that he was about to die and in a very awful way. No, he was getting his mind around how he could live out God's will in its fullest. He was getting his mind around how he could live out and represent to the world in those moments who God truly is and what God's character truly is. And he did it to perfection. Look at this. Even in the garden before it even left, as the guards came to arrest Jesus and Peter drew a sword and struck one of the guards' ears, cutting it off, Jesus picked it up and healed the guard and put it back on, reminding us that God is a God of healing, of life of wholeness. And as they took Jesus and as they arrested him and as they put him on trial and as they mocked him and as they beat him and as they tortured him, he never once returned evil for evil. But he stood there and took it with his head high, never saying a word. Never stooping to their level and showing great character in the midst of that. And as they led him out to be crucified, as he hung on the cross, he continued to share the good news that God had sent him to deliver to the thief on the cross next to him. In a way that all who were around there heard it and took it in their own life. And as he was breathing his last breath, one of his dying words was to forgive those who had done this awful thing to him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So much so that as Jesus breathed his last breath and succumbed to death on a cross, even those who had crucified him said, surely this man is the Son of God. And their lives were transformed through his witness. And through Jesus and his sacrificial act, God's ultimate will was carried out. Because we know that death cast its paw on Jesus that day, but Jesus did not stay dead. And on the third day after his death, Jesus defeated death. He overcame evil and he was able to offer a definitive path to life for anyone who would follow him, just as God had intended from the beginning but with a much more powerful punch behind it now. For you see, God's intent was always that the whole world would see that in following Jesus, they have access to life, and now it's there with an amazing power to enforce it. Because evil had given its best shot, and it wasn't good enough. Death had grabbed hold of Jesus, but it couldn't contain him. The true power of God was revealed in a way that no one had ever seen before. And what God is trying to help us to understand is that God's ultimate will doesn't happen simply in spite of evil. Because God's power is so much greater than the best plan that evil can devise. And that God took that plan that evil thought that it had that would lead to victory, and he turned it upside down for God's own use. Think about this for a minute. In the first century, in the day that Jesus lived, the cross was considered a vile instrument of death. For anyone who would see a cross, they would shudder at the thought of the pain that it held for so many as so many lost their life. It was a symbol of the worst that humanity offers, a symbol of the worst of evil and death. But God used this vile instrument of death in such a powerful and creative way to move his message of redemption forward that today, when you see a cross, that's not at all what you think. We wear them around our necks. We see them as symbols all over our world, in our churches and on our steeples and out in our communities. We see the cross and we don't think about it being a vile tool of evil. What we think about it is an amazing symbol of the power of resurrection instrumented and carried out by God. What we see is that evil had this plan where they would take the Son of God and crucify Him and end this movement that Jesus had started. That was the plan of evil, to to have Jesus put to death and then so help His movement to die as well. And yet six weeks later, after His death, His movement had grown exponentially and there were hundreds proclaiming the good news of Jesus and how the cross is a tool of salvation of God's redemptive work in this world, of how God was using the cross to redeem the entire world. God's will, God's ultimate will could not be thwarted despite the best efforts of evil. God redeemed the worst of humanity. God redeemed the worst of evil and brought good. Jesus told his disciples throughout his time on earth as they followed him that in this world we will have troubles. But he also told them, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. And on this Easter Sunday, we take heart in that statement because in this world we find trouble. It's not hard to find. It's around every corner. But we hear on this Easter Sunday that Christ has overcome the world. And he's still overcoming the world in our lives today. Jesus overcame the worst that we could provide and still is offering life. And today we know that applies to what we're dealing with. Disease or deadly virus are never part of God's will. But I'll tell you this, in the midst of sickness and disease, how many times has that snapped us out of a spiritual slumber and reminded us of what is truly important as we turn to God in the midst of our despair and realize that God has never left us once? That doesn't mean that it's God's will that we should become sick. Now we know that when they brought to Jesus a woman who had been sick for 18 years, he proclaimed, this woman whom Satan has bound for 18 years before healing her and giving her life. There's not one instance in all of Scripture where Jesus caused someone to be sick, but there are plenty where he provided healing in their life, for he gave them life abundant. And I'll tell you this, in the final moments... With the circumstances of a sickness or disease that the doctors and nurses cannot reverse, God is working and helping that individual to realize that victory can still be won in those moments that death doesn't have to speak the last word in their life. They just need to receive the life that Jesus offers them. And when they do, for those that receive this offer of life, death has lost its sting. For just as Jesus overcame the grave and is alive, so can they, so can we overcome the grave and receive life abundant, redeeming the worst that death can offer. Now tell you this, church, on this Easter, the year 2020, it's a grim day. Scientists and and graphs and statistics have said that today will be the greatest death toll from COVID-19 in our nation. We know that in the last month alone, over 20,000 persons have died from this and more are to come at a greater rate. And it may seem today, on this Easter Sunday, once again, that evil and death are winning. But let me tell you, church, let me tell you that one of the most powerful messages that Easter offers us is that in the aftermath of these crucifixion moments, God does his best work. And we're reminded of that, that on Good Friday, there were 11 men, who were holed up in their home, fearful for their own lives. They experienced the deepest gloom that death could offer. The person that they trusted and believed in had given their life and was dead. And evil had been allowed to take it. And this movement was ended and they felt like all hope was lost. But you know what? They were wrong. They were wrong, and on Sunday they knew it. And I'll tell you, church, today that they couldn't see the beginning of the most wonderful use of evil that God had ever effected. And if we give in to despair today, church, then we will realize one day just how wrong we were too. Because just as God was bringing life out of death on that first Easter He's still bringing life out of death today, and he will in your life and my life as well. Because here's what I know. God's ultimate will is that the whole world will have the opportunity to choose him. That there will be no obstacle that can separate us from God and prevent that reconciliation from happening. And I know that through Jesus, he broke down everything that could possibly separate us. He broke every chain that could possibly shackle us and enslave us and hold us back. And he created a path so that nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus. That's not trouble, not hardship or peril or sword, not persecution or famine, not life nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, not any powers, not height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, not cancer or recession or job loss or COVID-19 or tornado. You cannot even be quarantined from God's love. Jesus has broke down every single thing that threatens God's will, even death. Jesus has opened every door, turned over every table, taken every form of mockery and torture, rolled aside every stone, and he says, I died, and behold, I am alive, and now I hold the keys to hell and to death. And because I live, you can live also. The ultimate will of God is twofold. To be with us and to offer us life. And through Jesus, God came to earth to be with us. The promise of Emmanuel fulfilled. And through his death and resurrection, he offers us life eternal with him to the whole world. Now church, this Easter is different than most Most Easter's, we awaken and we go and we stand outside the tomb and we see the stone rolled away and we peer into the tomb and we see that it's empty. But this Easter's different. This Easter, we find ourselves in the tomb, waiting for the stone to be rolled away in our lives, trapped And as we're in our tombs today, church, I want you to hear this. Know that the significance of Easter, the power of resurrection means that Jesus is in that tomb with us, preparing us for resurrection. And he will roll our stone away too. And will usher us into life with him. Death gave its best shot and it lost. And now Jesus holds the keys to death. And he wants to give you, he wants to give me life and life abundant, the fullest of what eternity has to offer. Thanks be to God for the power of resurrection so that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from God's love from God's desire to be with us. Happy Easter, church. It means something. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the environmental christian if you have a question or comment pertaining to the podcast or christians in the environment please send me an email at environmentalchristian@gmail.com at gmail.com or check out the environmental christian on facebook may the lord bless you and keep you